Wonderful singing tonight. I love the songs we sang. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. At chorus, we said, Jesus knows all about our troubles. If you came tonight with some troubles, like I did, we all have troubles. I think if we're honest, I, I think if we think through life, we can't say, well, everything's great all the time. Jesus knows all about those troubles. And then we sang that last song, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. I hope that's your heart and your desire this evening to give your life to God, to say, God, whatever you want me from me, however you want to use me, I'm yours. And uh, so tonight we are going to begin a study that will take us several weeks to get through called Spirit-Filled. We've been uh, working through the book of Acts on Sunday morning, and we see a lot of the work of the Holy Spirit in that book, and so I thought it would be helpful for us to take some time to really focus on the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives and uh, the various ways and aspects in which God's Holy Spirit moves in us and works in us to help us to be what God wants us to be. The Holy Spirit, of course, is the third member of the Trinity and one that we often struggle to understand or maybe have as much clarity about what the Holy Spirit does. We know God the Father, and we read lots of His Word where it speaks that you know God tells us to do something, or God enacts His sovereign power, or God performs His will in the world. We know about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, who came to this earth, who died on the cross for our sin, who rose again three days later, and then ascended up on high, and is now interceding in heaven for you and for me as His believers. He's our go-between. We come to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. But then the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit and what does He do? And how does He work in our world? For the Christian, the Holy Spirit is an incredibly important person that we know and that we understand well. And so as you come the next few weeks, I hope that you'll be helped as we talk about this ministry of the Holy Spirit. Tonight we're going to focus specifically on the saving ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and what He does in salvation to bring us to God. In order to have the Holy Spirit in your life, you must be born again by the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says in John chapter 3, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, this religious leader who was trying to figure out who Jesus was and what Jesus was doing, Jesus said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and, here it is, of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. So what does it mean to be born again? It means to be made spiritually alive by God's Holy Spirit, right? It takes the Holy Spirit of God working in us to save us from our sin. The first ministry of the Holy Spirit that we want to focus on as we go through this study together is that ministry of salvation, how the Holy Spirit works in our salvation. And understand, God is working through His Holy Spirit to save souls, 
But God is also working through you as a believer, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ tonight, to help you to share Christ with others so that He can further His work in saving souls from their sin. God takes a personal interest in every living soul. He created you and He created me. He created every one of us with a free will to either choose to accept Him or to reject Him. But that does not stop God from extending the invitation through the Holy Spirit to come to Christ. So that's the first way in which we want to talk about the Holy Spirit's ministry in salvation. If you have notes there in front of you, letter A is this, the Holy Spirit invites. He invites us to God in salvation. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. And by the way, we're going to look at a lot of different passages of Scripture tonight. I have some of them on the screen for you. But I would encourage you as you're taking notes to write these down so that you can go back and look these up and help you better understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Revelation 22:17 says this, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Do you see that there? The Spirit and the bride say, Come. It is the Holy Spirit that is saying, Come, that invites you to Jesus Christ. You can look all around this world, and even just up and down the streets out here, and see all kinds of different religions represented. Religions say all kinds of things about how to get to God, but generally speaking, they say your relationship with God is based upon your performance. It's based upon you doing something to earn favor with God. People believe that the only way to be accepted of God is to atone for their own sins by doing good works or by doing religious deeds. But this is not the work of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit says, come. He invites you to come to Christ. He says, whosoever will take of the water of life freely. It is a free gift. Romans 6.23 says it this way, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God does not require baptism, church membership, giving financial donations, or some long list of good deeds to be able to have salvation. He does not demand that you adhere to a particular religious system or to pay for your own sins or to earn salvation. He just invites you to come and to trust in Jesus Christ and what He has done for you. There's the story told of a, a, a preacher who was preaching a message one Sunday morning. And at the end of his message, he gave an invitation like we would do here and uh, a little boy came forward, and he wanted to receive Christ. Now, this boy was pretty young, and so the pastor took him aside and began to question him, began to ask him some kind of deep theological questions, trying to see if this boy really understood what he was there doing. And the boy kind of started getting a little confused, and he said, Pastor, didn't you say any who would come to trust in Jesus could be saved? 
The pastor said, well, yes, I did. Well, did you mean it or not? <laughs> and the pastor decided this boy understood, and he wanted to trust Christ as his Savior. And they bowed their heads, and that little boy prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior. God's Holy Spirit does a work in salvation of inviting you and me, inviting all to come to Him. The complexity of man-made religion overshadows the simplicity of salvation. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit's ministry and specifically His ministry in salvation. We see first of all that the Holy Spirit invites. The second thing I want you to notice tonight is that the Holy Spirit convicts. He convicts. Turn over, if you will, to John chapter 16. John chapter 16 and verse 8. John 16 verse 8 says, And when He is come, He will of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. This is talking about the Holy Spirit of God when He's come. He'll, he'll reprove the world of three things, right? Of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. When God created you, He created you with a basic understanding of right and wrong. We call that your conscience. Right? God has put a conscience in everybody. That's why there, anybody believes in right or wrong. It's because God created you in His image and gave you a conscience to know the difference between right and wrong. And the Holy Spirit of God works through our conscience to convict us and to convince us of our need for Him. We see there He convicts us of three things, right? Sin, righteousness, number two, and judgment. We are all sinful by nature, right? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all broken God's law. And so God convicts us of this sin through the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of the sin of rejecting Christ. That's that conviction that He brings in our life so that we understand our need of a Savior. The Holy Spirit also teaches us of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He convinces us that we, can, we fall short of the righteousness of God. And He also convicts us of the judgment that is reserved for unbelievers. Why are people concerned about the judgment? Well, because of the Holy Spirit's conviction in their life through the Word of God. As He moves in your heart to convict of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We see that work on display as the Holy Spirit was working in the life of a man by the name of Saul as he was traveling on a road to Damascus. He was headed that way to go and to persecute Christians, to put them into jail and maybe even to kill some of them. And as God came and He spoke to Paul there, to Saul, in Acts chapter 9, verse 5, He said this, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What were the pricks? The prodding, that was the Holy Spirit at work in his life to convict him of his sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit does amazing things in salvation. He invites us and he convicts us. 
Saul was trying to fight off the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He, he was trying to resist it. Are you doing that? Are you trying to fight off the conviction of the Holy Spirit when God's at work on you about something? Ah, ah I'll do it later. Ah, not right now. I'm having too much fun. I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. Okay, God, you can have this piece, but I'm keeping the rest of this for myself. Don't kick against the Holy Spirit's prodding in your life. He convicts. And when He convicts you of sin, of righteousness and judgment, respond to Him in faith. Trust in Him today. If you're even here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, trust in Him. Believe in Jesus. If you feel that conviction in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit at work in you. Isn't it amazing that God would care enough about you and me that He would send His Holy Spirit to do that work of conviction in us? We're talking about the Holy Spirit's ministry in salvation. He invites, He convicts. The third point that we'll see tonight is that the Holy Spirit regenerates. He gives new life. Titus 3.5 says this, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. We're not saved through our works. But according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Not only does the Holy Spirit work in you to invite you to be saved and to convict you of your need of salvation, but He also... At the moment you receive Christ, He regenerates you. He brings you to life spiritually. This word means that God gives you a complete and total spiritual renovation. He makes you new. God's word also uses the word quicken to describe this. The word quicken means to be made alive. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, And you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Also over in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, we see this same term used. It says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Isn't it incredible that the Holy Spirit of God has such power that He can make you new and give you a spiritual life where before you were spiritually dead, separated from God. That's what spiritual death is. It's separation from God. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, we have life. What an amazing thought. God offers new life to anyone who will simply accept it by faith. This new life is the beginning of a new relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope you have that relationship. I hope you've trusted in Christ. And if you do, it's wonderful to understand here the Holy Spirit's work in inviting, convicting, regenerating. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11 describe it for us this way. Pay attention to these verses. I love these. It says... Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He gives us a list of all these wicked, sinful people, right? 
And if we were honest, we'd find ourselves on that list somewhere. All of us have coveted. All of us have stolen something. Verse 11 says of 1 Corinthians 6, And such were some of you. Yeah, that's me. I'm on the list. How about you? We're all on the list. And such were some of you, but, he says, ye are washed. But ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit, there it is, of our God. The Holy Spirit does this work of regeneration in us. And we see that played out as He takes spiritually dead people who do wicked things and He washes them and He sanctifies them and He justifies them through the work of Jesus Christ and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life. Isn't that incredible that God can take wicked, filthy, rotten sinners and make them into wonderful trophies of His grace? We talked about that a little bit Sunday, didn't we? The power of God to transform a life. I hope you've seen it in your life. If you haven't, you can. Glad to have my friend Jonathan Washer here again tonight. I'm sure you've seen it. You say, people in the jails get saved. Yeah. God changed. Before you were saved, you were a sinner. But I want to say this tonight. If you're saved now, you're still a sinner. Right? So what changed? Before, you were a sinner running after sin, chasing after sin. Now, you're a sinner running away from sin. God desires to give every person a new birth, a new life, a new heart, and a new purpose. This all happens when His Holy Spirit performs the marvelous miracle of regeneration. This happens in the simple moment of decision to trust in Christ as your Savior. You can make that decision right now. For the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't have to wait. The Holy Spirit's convicting you. He's ready to regenerate you. Trust in Him today, and you can be saved. But you know, it just keeps getting better. It just keeps getting better. The Holy Spirit, He invites. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit regenerates. But now as a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells us. He indwells us. God not only saves you and He gives you new life through His Holy Spirit, but also He places now that Holy Spirit inside of you. Some people think of the gospel as, you know, it brings me to that point where now I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. But now He puts His Holy Spirit inside of you to guide you and to help you each and every day along the way. Isn't that amazing? God doesn't just save you and say, all right, let's go figure it out. Just like a parent doesn't give birth to a new child and say, well, child, here, figure it out. No, you take a lot of care with that child. Sometimes you probably put more time and attention into them after they're born, right, than, than before. That's what a church needs to do, right, through helping to disciple that new believer. But we couldn't do that without the work of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that indwells that new believer. John 14, 17 says it this way, 
even the spirit of truth. Notice this next line. Whom the world cannot receive. This world in its sin cannot receive the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God can only be received by those who are trusting in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because why? It seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Paul even asked a question to the church at Corinth, struggling with spiritual growth in their own lives. He said this in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Don't you know? If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you tonight. That ought to encourage you as a believer. That ought to help you to be able to live for Him each and every day. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 22 also says, Who also hath sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. He is that earnest, that down payment, that confirmation that we have that God is and will continue to fulfill His work in and through us. This is an incredible reality that God is in us. What an amazing thing that He saved you, but now through His Holy Spirit, He indwells you. This is why you can live beyond what you would be able to live as just a normal human being. This is why you can endure in situations when other people would give up. This is why you can have hope when other people say all hope is lost. It's because the Holy Spirit is indwelling you as a believer. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 repeats that idea that that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us and we are the temple of God. It says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? How about this? And ye are not your own. Why? Because you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. They're His. You are now His. You are not your own. Don't live for yourself. Live in the power of the Holy Spirit that is indwelling you, that bought you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. This is one passage, and there are many others, that help us to understand that the Holy Spirit is received, He indwells us at the moment of salvation. Because if you're here tonight and you say, well, I'm saved, but I don't have the Holy Spirit, well, then based on Romans chapter 8, you're not really saved. Because when you got saved, when Jesus came and forgave you of your sin, you received the Holy Spirit. Now, it's very possible, and we'll get into this in coming weeks, that you may not be living in in the strength of the Holy Spirit every day, but it's not because the Holy Spirit's not in you. Because you must learn to live in the strength through His filling, His control each and every day. You need to learn to be sensitive to His voice. To be able to hear Him as He leads. So we've seen the Holy Spirit's work in salvation. How He invites, how He convicts, how He regenerates. 
and then indwells. The fifth thing I want you to see tonight, the Holy Spirit seals. He seals us. So the question sometimes comes up when people receive Christ, and maybe you're sitting here tonight and you say, I've been saved for many, many years. I'm confident in my salvation. Maybe you've struggled with whether or not you can lose your salvation. But if you spend any time at all sharing Christ with other people with the goal of bringing them to Jesus, you're going to come across people that are struggling with the assurance of their salvation. And one of the things that can, is very helpful to do as you share Christ with others is also help them un to understand the fact that if you are truly saved, you cannot lose your salvation. This is what the Holy Spirit does in His work of sealing us. So how long are you saved? Can you lose your salvation? Well, these are great questions, right? And many people struggle with the answers. So if you have ever struggled with this or you think you might ever talk to somebody who struggles with this, write this down and take these verses down because you can be a help to somebody else or this might be a help to you. Look over to Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 13. See, your relationship with God is not based on your performance. It is based on what Christ did for you. His invitation is to come, not to earn, right? So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says this, In whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were, here's our word, sealed. You were sealed after or with that Holy Spirit of promise. What is a seal? Well, when I was in college, I had a friend who liked to be kind of fancy with his notes that he wrote to his then girlfriend, now wife, and he had this seal that had his initials on it, and he would take a candle and light it and melt some wax, and after he wrote a letter to her, he'd pour a little bit of that wax on the back of that letter, and then he would put his seal on that letter. You know, it was a sign that this came from me, and it made it extra special. But in the old days, a seal, right, would have been used by a king or someone of great power and authority, and it would be so that he could put his mark on something to claim ownership or possession of something. So if you saw the seal of the king, you knew that belonged to the king. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He, he seals us. He is God's stamp upon us to say, this is my child. He is mine. And when we are saved, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the permanent proof that you are one of God's children. And I think that's why when people are struggling with sin and struggling with issues in their own life, that's why they often tend to struggle with assurance of their salvation. Because when you're walking in sin... You're not experiencing the filling and the control of the Holy Spirit. doesn't mean you lost the Holy Spirit. You're just not as sensitive to His leading in your life. And when you don't feel the Holy Spirit's work in your life, you tend to, most do, struggle with assurance of their salvation. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God's assurance that He gives us, that He sealed us. Romans chapter 8, I won't take time to read all these verses, but verses 31 to 39 tell us very clearly that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. 
that's in Christ Jesus. There's nothing, not height or depth or anything, right? No, no power, no enemy. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. So we know our salvation is secure in Him. There's another word that the Bible used to describe this process, and that's earnest. We just read it a, a moment ago. 2 Corinthians 1.22 uses both words, sealed and earnest. It says, Who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. All right, you're keeping up with me tonight. We've got the Holy Spirit. He invites. He convicts. The Holy Spirit regenerates. The Holy Spirit indwells. He seals. Next, the Holy Spirit renews. He renews us. I don't know about you, but I find these things very amazing, very exciting, as I think about the Holy Spirit's work. And to be honest, I think for a lot of Christians, this is not stuff we go back and review on a regular basis, or maybe you've never learned it in the first place. So hopefully this can be helpful to you in your own walk with the Lord and as you share Christ with others. Because when they receive Christ, they also get the Holy Spirit too. That's amazing. Holy Spirit renews. Titus 3.5 says this, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. We already looked at the first word, by the washing of regeneration, but the second, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The Holy Spirit is what refreshes us and renews us day by day. I'm so thankful for that. Because if you're like me, there's probably been days you feel pretty beat up, chewed up, Spit out, maybe spat upon. I don't know. The Holy Spirit, He renews us. And He does it day by day. It's as if, again, thinking of that illustration of new birth. God didn't just bring us in, in and give us new birth and new life and then say, go figure it out. No, He gave us His Holy Spirit. But He didn't just say, all right, now you have the Holy Spirit. Now, now you're good to go. No, He keeps renewing us every single day. Day. What a blessing that is. You need God's Holy Spirit every single day to be able to live in order to live a life that's pleasing to Him. He renews us day by day. See, the Holy Spirit makes real and lasting life change, both possible and probable. You can actually live for Christ because of the Holy Spirit. Without Him, we'd fall flat on our face. And if you find yourself doing that, it's because you're struggling with learning how to live and walk with the Holy Spirit because He renews us every single day. And finally tonight, the Holy Spirit gives assurance. I like Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and 16 because it gives us a wonderful picture of the work of God in salvation. It says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. When you got saved, it's not to put you in bondage so you can be afraid. No, he says, ye have received the spirit of adoption. 
whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This goes right along with the idea that the Holy Spirit seals us. He gives us assurance. He provides us with the heart knowledge and affirmation of salvation. He provides us with security, a security that is eternal and unchanging. There was a a story about that that was uh, in one of the columns in the newspaper a while back. And a lady had written in about an experience that she had at the grocery store with her two boys. And some other person in the grocery store came up and just felt like they really needed to comment to the mother and to the boys how one brother didn't look at all like the other one. And her six-year-old son decided that he needed to explain the difference. He looked at the lady and said, I'm adopted. That's when you have the same family, but not the same face. That's a pretty good explanation, right? Like the little boy, if you've been saved, you've been instantly adopted into the family of God. And the Holy Spirit desires for you to live with absolute certainty of your security in God's love. He bears witness in your spirit that you belong to God and that God accepts you, that God even likes you. When you're living in sin, right, you just feel filthy and dirty. I don't even think God could like me. He does because he's adopted you if you've trusted in Jesus as your Savior. You are his child and he is your heavenly Father. How humbling it is to think that God would dwell in us. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says it this way, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, just broken clay pots, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. When people see you, it's not that they need to see your righteousness. They need to see God's righteousness through His Spirit at work in you. Submit your life to Him. Don't walk around in pride thinking, well, I have to put on my Christian face now because, you know, I'm supposed to be a good person. No, confess your sins. Live transparently before the Lord. Don't deceive yourself walking around in your own pride and arrogance and sin. And allow people to see God's Spirit at work changing you as He dwells in you. God didn't save you and say, well, now you can do this on your own. No, God saved you and said, now I'm here to help you and to do this with you and through you. He gives us assurance. What an amazing relationship we can have with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're just getting started. We're done for tonight. But we're just getting started in our study of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I hope that as we go through this, you'll keep track of these verses and look over these notes and consider what God has done through His Holy Spirit in your life and what He wants to continue to do in your life. A great example of God's Holy Spirit at work 
was in the life of the man by the name of John Newton who wrote the song, Amazing Grace. John Newton was a very wicked man for a big portion of his life. But God saved him and completely transformed him. When he died, he had this put on his gravestone. John Newton, clerk, that, that meant pastor. Once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was, by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy. He must increase, but I must decrease. Probably the song that is sung more than any other song in churches, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. God's Holy Spirit does an amazing work in the life of every person who trusts in Jesus Christ. He works to save you and to change you and then indwell you to give you confidence and assurance of your salvation so that you can live every day. This is just the beginning. We have a lot more to learn about the Holy Spirit. And I hope as we go to Him in prayer now and to the Lord in prayer in just a few moments, as we pray, we can pray asking God to work in us because God's Holy Spirit already lives in you if you're a believer. But I would say this, again, even though it's a, the middle of the week on a Wednesday night, there's no better time to trust in Jesus as your Savior. If you're here tonight and you never trusted Him, as we go to our prayer time, Feel free to slip up front and come pray with me and I'll show you more from God's word how you can be saved tonight. Let's bow in prayer now. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this time together in your word. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And specifically as we've studied tonight in his work in salvation. I pray that each person here tonight would know that they're on their way to heaven, that their sins are forgiven. And if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their Savior, somebody that's listening online, may they trust in you tonight. Confess their sin and call out to you and ask for your salvation. You've offered it as a free gift. If we'll just call out and receive it tonight. Father, for those who are saved, I pray they'd be encouraged to know of the Holy Spirit's role in salvation and that now they have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them so they can, through the Spirit's power, live a life that's pleasing to you. Lord, we live in a world with great problems, with great struggle, with fear on every side. Lord, there is sin, there are disagreements, there are all kinds of problems. But as believers, with the Holy Spirit's power guiding us through your word, we can live faithfully for you. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.